how excited are you guys to talk to to talk to our favourite hemmer and to fill fill the hemmer void? I'm only in the left. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 5101 22.4. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of CinemaSins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, we'd be sad if she was violated by the Gorn and left to die on an ice planet. It's Ambassador Danae Hughes. Thank you for mourning my death. <laughs> and I, apparently I'm, I'm very popular. Mm. <clears throat> And rumors of his death have been greatly exaggerated. He's just been on special assignment at Starbase 80. It's Aaron Dyser, the oh, Commodore. Oh, hi, guys. Welcome back. back. I have been summoned and I have arrived. Mm. So what what's are you with doing your... on the ship? I yeah, don't what, what do you... Yeah, well... Yeah. I... I Listen, I just showed up. I Somebody, <laughs> some, you know, there was some subspace beacon trans... Good. More, give me more, give me more, more. <laughs> more techno babble. Let's Good. do it. Come on, we're in. And it just called me here. It was like, you step over to uh-huh. the teleporter, Mister. You got somewhere to be. And I was like, all right, listen, I Telepo- do what the Federation. Did you just say teleporter? What, whatever said, the trans, the, the trans, the transmogrifier. He said, just That's step right. into the transmogrifier. Goodness. You've got somewhere mm-hmm. to be. That's and right. uh, and and now That's I'm here. One, yeah. I've got my lightsaber. I've oh, got get my. Out. Oh no! Oh, get, we have company, and you're you're. This is why we can't have nice enars. <laughs> listen, listen. Somebody was like, step through the Stargate. You'll be there, and then <laughs> you know me. you'll know you'll know where you're at. Absolutely so. killing me. Wow. You know, this is this is going well so <laughs> far. This is a lot. <laughs> well. <laughs> This is not what we actually came here to do. It wasn't You're just welcome to really for showing show up. up, by the way. Oh, yeah, no. Computer delete <laughs> Commodore? Is that going to work? You can't do that. I am a computer, remember? I'm a oh, Commodore. No. I'm a oh, Commodore 64. He's a Commodore 64. Oh, so we definitely can delete you then. That's, That's right. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Gonna... No, 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 no. I like this version. He's sassy. <laughs> Super sassy. I'm going to find whatever you're plugged into and reverse the polarity. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, that is not what we're here for. We're not even here to talk about a specific episode of Star Trek. We have a special guest waiting for us in 10 forward. Mm. It's Bruce Horak. Chief Engineer Hammer. What? Okay, in your imaginations, the Ambassador Danae has just shoved Commodore aside, <laughs> pushed the captain into the, the wall, yeah. and just took a big sprint to the lift. I'm headed to 10 forward. I got this, people. You've just like belayed all of the controls and the overrides. You've locked yourself in there, and a, a terrified, terrified Hammer is just waiting to, to be You don't know accosted. if he's terrified. Let's find <laughs> no, out. He's ready for it. He's clearly ready for it. <laughs> Well, how excited are you guys to talk to to talk to our favorite hammer and to fill fill the hammer voids? I'm only in the left. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm super excited to be back in uh, another strange new world. Mm. Um, and uh, and yeah, let's uh, let's talk to him. Yeah, I'm let's leaving do- without you. <laughs> With that, we will. Two of us will see you in ten forward. Apparently, she's already there. Do I just step over here in the transmogrifier, or what is the? I will vaporize <laughs> you with my eyes. Welcome to Ten Forward, everyone, where we have received a very, very special distress call, in which we are going to rush all the way to the USS. Don't interrupt me, Ambassador. There is a distress call that we're dealing with to Valio Beta 5 to head to the USS Peregrine and to rescue a certain chief engineer by the name of Mr. Hammer. Did Hammer go by Mr. Hammer, Bruce? Or is it just Hammer? I think it's just Hammer. Just yeah. Hammer. Well, either way, we have Bruce Horak with us. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to it. the USS Enterprise. How are you doing, Good. sir? I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. <laughs> that, honestly, to everyone's relief, it is. I we I think early on I predicted if this show does anything to that precious engineer, I I'm not going to leave because I love Star Trek too much, but I'm going to have really angry thoughts about about the situation yeah like i think that's the immediate thing i'd want to ask is like the outpouring of love for hammer and that character like did you really did you feel that because the listeners of this show just went crazy for hammer oh yeah right from the start i mean it's it's just been 
uh, overwhelming. Um, the when when I was cast in the role, they told me pretty much right off the top that uh, that Hammer was gonna go, and uh, <laughs> and that was you know like it's be- I, I think ultimately it's better to know than yeah. to you know get the surprise of like a week before we're shooting. Oh, by the way, you're 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 pitching it in this one. Yeah, pack up your desk and go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's your pink slip. Yeah. Um, or your red slip, I guess, in Star Trek parlance. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so they, they really, uh, th- this was my conversation with Henry Alonso Myers, who was in my my callback. And they and he really outlined, he said, listen, we're, we're building Hammer to be, uh, in, in their words, was a fan favorite. And I think, as, as he said, they had a really hard time with it because they, they fell in love with the character as well. And I mm-hmm. think it um, that was difficult for them. I, I know that, uh, I think it was Davey Perez who wrote uh, that, uh, episode 109 and and you know they it got the, the script duties got bandied about quite a bit of like mm. who's going to be the one that has to deal with <laughs> who's going to be the one to destroy yeah, everybody's heart honestly it was uh just in reading the script i was well knowing that it was coming uh i was trepidatious because mm. i i really wanted him to go cool and that was something that i said early on i'm like please just make it a cool death like it's i don't want to be the, the guy who's like hey what's this button do <laughs> I just open the door into space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. Useless death. But uh, yeah, and then when I I got to read it, it was uh, you know it, it was a lot of it was a lot of emotions. But but ultimately the feeling that I just went yes, thank you, thank you for making it mm. uh, a noble death, a valiant death, one that um, yeah that was felt. And then when the when the show wow when I saw what they had done with with the footage and, and actually I got a pre screening of it before <laughs> the the came out and that was, i was just so happy with i mean i was happy with the show yeah seeing how it turned out as a star trek fan myself i really had my fingers crossed that it was going to be good and it and it is i think i'm i'm really happy with uh with the first season of strange new worlds mm-hmm. and the episode itself i just thought wow it was just is touching and moving and beautiful and all that stuff and and he got to go cool <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't agree more i don't know if but it's like the i pessimism. don't agree it was awful it was the worst <laughs> It was it's a terrible awful. episode. It's the worst episode. We need to just delete that from the canon. It didn't happen. You just magically reappear in season two and, and all is well. Just, it was just a dream. Yeah, stranger dream. things have happened. Um, yeah. I think that's, I don't know if we're all slightly pessimistic, but I, for one, was just like, I want Strange New Worlds to be good, but I've been burned before. And then when it just turned up and just said, bam, I'm here, this is what the show is going to be. And it's mm-hmm. just incredible. I could not have been more relieved or happier just to have this incredible largely episodic star trek show back on tv that has just got an incredible cast and is just visually stunning with some top tier like star trek episodes for a little bit of a random background so ian is like the star trek super nerd born into a no, star trek family no no uh you show know the mom no. show the show okay we'll show the tattoo uh, you know you go to oh. over to his parents house yeah. it's the warp core oh, yeah. you know <laughs> he's got the warp core when you walk into the house oh, you yeah, know, that, was, was... that was really hard to install that was tricky well, lulled them to sleep at night. Yeah. Then you've got myself. Um, I was raised on TNG on TV, raised home to watch it. But that's pretty much all I watched. So this is sort of like this uh, podcast and, you know, all of us getting together is sort of like a reintroduction of someone who loved the material into the rest of it, which is a lot. And then Aaron, Aaron, what's kind of like, because you're kind of like me, right? Where you I'm have probably like a little like sampling. the least familiar with all the ins and outs of Star Trek. Yeah. I don't. I'm, off, I know, I know, show. but no, it makes I, like for me the OG <laughs> stuff is the stuff I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to watch that in reruns uh, a lot. I've caught episodes of TNG uh, certainly before the movies. I've seen all the movies because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a movie guy. But uh, but yeah, it's always a, a world I've I've loved. I've just never you know dove in like you guys have. Mm-hmm. So then we sort of watched Strange New Worlds, and so we're all like holding our breath for different reasons. And so to watch it and to every single week go, guys, it's still really good, right? Like, this is really, like, right? This is, this yeah, this is amazing. Is every single week, this is great. This is getting better and better. We're, like, kind of waiting for the other foot to drop. But, but no, Hammer was, like, that character that was, for me, an unexpected, refreshing character because he was so straightforward and confident mm. 
and it the show kind of let that be who he was at first and then slowly give more depth and for me the Elysian Kingdom was when the character just like blew up for me where I was like I can't I'm a Hammer fan for life and <laughs> my goodness how fun was that episode honestly it was the most fun I mean I, I had I think of the most shoot days on that particular episode oh I bet uh, and uh which which was a lot of prosthetic time mm -hmm. um, which you know god, god bless the prosthetics department because yeah. I mean, if the actors are doing 12 hour days prosthetics is doing three and a half before and then another hour after right so uh, they're just absolutely incredible for that um you know it took about probably 10 years off my skin for it's really <laughs> amazing uh yeah no i i'm actually 61. um <laughs> the uh, yeah, and, and it was just so much. I mean, from the very, like, from reading the script, but actually before we read the script, w I had a costume fitting, and they showed me the design of the wizard outfit. Mm, and, so cool. And it's just so cool. <laughs> so, and I, I, I started, uh, for the first time in my life, I started a D&D &D campaign around ah, the time oh, I got cast. amazing. Yeah. So I couldn't say anything to my fellow campaigners, oh, but my, but you played a wizard. My character in D&D &D <laughs> is a wizard, and That's you know, I to work every day getting to play a wizard. And That's although he doesn't, great. no, he's anyway. It was just yeah, it was just a riot. You know Plus, the show needs an Enol wizard. That's what it needs. <laughs> so many things off the Star Trek bucket list. Um, yeah. You know, I got to transport in. I got to play with the transporter, mm -hmm. and in that episode, I got to mess around with the, with the uh, communicator, oh, and goodness. you know, run around the the, the hallways with yeah. uh, with Babs, and I mean, it was just it was great. And that episode, I got to in interact the most with other members of the cast. Mm. Um, we shot that first season like really strict COVID lockdown oh, yeah, protocol. So between takes, we weren't hanging out. We were. And we were all in, you know, those weird sort of puppy dog plastic shield. <laughs> yeah. Or I was anyway, to protect the, the, uh, maybe that was, maybe that was a practical joke they were playing on me. Yeah, no, oh, that no. was probably oh, just no. for you. <laughs> it's a question for the reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. I was I the only one in the dog? Um, it's so you wouldn't lick your wounds. Yeah. Oh, oh boo. Too soon. <laughs> we, um, yeah. So I, I got to, I got to really, uh, spend some time with, with uh, particularly with Babs on that episode, and uh, I just learned so much mm. about the the camera work and the approach. Um, uh. I'm a I'm a theater guy myself, mm. so I, I that's my whole background. Strange New Worlds was really my first, you know, big foray into film and TV, uh, and and the, I mean it's just a different beast from doing theater work. Oh, okay. um, yeah, you get you get takes and you get tries and um and uh just the size of performance and how you approach it and i got to watch babs who you know he he gave so much in every single take and i remember the i, I can't remember the director's name on that episode it'll come to me um but she sort of made this great comment after doing a couple of takes with babs and saying wow he just he gives he gives something different in every take and mm -hmm. it's something that they use and I just walked away from that thinking, oh, yeah, I'm not going to just go and do the same take over and over again. I'm going to try to play yeah. in, within oh, it. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. the this, this scene where we're confronted in the hallway and uh, Hammer pulls out the communicator and does the whole magic of science. Yes. Oh, it's so uh, good. We got, I, I just got to play and I got to, to mess around and take what was on the page and go, I'm going to just try this. Like, what if he's really into it? And what if he's, you know, like conjuring his best Ian McKellen or, or oh, whatever? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so fun. Oh, that's what I was so saying great. is like, that's when the, for me, and I, that was one of my favorite parts too, was I could tell like, Hammer's this really intelligent character that knows kind of better than everybody else. And in this moment, it's like he kind of knows what's going on, but he has mm. to play along. So he might as well kind of like, you know, have fun with it a little bit and enjoy push, it, yeah. push things and enjoy. And I really enjoyed watching you emote through that character. Um, <laughs> was it hard to emote with the prosthetics on since we we're just thinking about the prosthetics and I love watching shows like Face Off and stuff to learn how all that stuff puts together. But like, is it kind of hard to emote through that? I mean, having the antenna probably helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. To wiggle those around. <laughs> it's, it's really about the, uh, the telepathy. No, he, um, <laughs> well, the, the great thing about that 
that prosthetic is that, uh, or prosthetics, I should say, it's not one piece, it's mm. 15 individual pieces. <laughs> and they're, and they're made out of uh, such a thin material that you actually get quite a bit of articulation, mm. um, with facial movement, which, you know, is, is a bit of the trick with mask work is oftentimes the masks are really static, but those ones can move quite a bit. So there was, there was stuff happening in the eyebrows and the, in the forehead and the cheeks and everything. The only part of my actual face that gets seen through those prosthetics, I think is like my yeah. lip. Yeah. But everything else is covered. And then it's, it's my eyes, but then they, they went back and they did CG over the eyes anyway. So, that's um, so good. that's, pretty much it and so any uh any articulation that's happening i mean that's that's all just coming straight through the uh i think it's silicone but uh yeah it's amazing some of the best yeah. lip acting i've ever seen yes it was, it was <laughs> astonishing and just in there case go. it's going to drive you crazy i looked it up and the director was amanda Rowe. if oh, imdb is correct you know that is absolutely uh, you mentioned um, Babs and Dr. Mbenga was absolutely another just favourite of the show. I think we could have happily, happily had a spin-off show of of Grumpy Hemmer and Grumpy Dr. Mbenga just on adventures. Maybe they get stranded in a shuttlecraft somewhere. Like, what, right. a, what a great pairing to have on the show as well. That, well, honestly, um, just getting to... Uh, well, everybody on that show mm. is incredible, but uh, I'd say my... Well, other well, yeah, that that episode it was Babs, and then of course there's the the, the scenes with Celia Uhura, mm. who again is just oh extraordinary. What awesome casting, and what like a tricky role to cast as well, like with the oh, history, yeah. just unbelievable. Um, I have another question. Is that okay, Captain Whittington? Yeah. Hey, Chief Engineer is in charge today. Oh, <laughs> one of those rare occasions where Scotty is in charge of the Enterprise. <laughs> so I think Elysian was one of my favorites, and then what I call the Hemmer death episode is my least favorite because Hemmer dies. But was that one scary to film like on set? I mean, that looked so terrifying. All of it was so intense. Mm. <laughs> like, How did it feel to be like in a horror movie? Yeah. Just going everywhere. Well, the director of that episode, Chris Byrne, uh, again, another extraordinary talent. Uh, I believe some of his past work included uh, like Hannibal and things like that. Oh, so it has a bit of sure. background in yeah. tension and, and uh, terror. The thing that I will never forget is um, the scene. I think one of the, our first days on set was kind of breaking into the access port of the Peregrine and then mm. setting up or like, like tapping into the, the, the ship or whatever so they had one of the hallways kind of pulled apart and made into that access port and then around the corner was sick bay which was kind of our green room mm -hmm. for the day so uh <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure this was all on purpose but it was dark <laughs> it was cold and the light in the hallway between the the um sick bay and where we were shooting was like on a strobe was <laughs> no <laughs> guys we so can't even film down here why is it flickering yeah, and it was just like, it, it, you know, there is snow blowing and, you know, all that fake soap and all that beautiful, I don't want to ruin everything, but uh, mm -hmm. there's just the whole vibe off camera was tension, tension, tension. Oh, and perfect. I think that reads into it. And uh, the scene where Uhura and I kind of go into the um, the engineering section mm -hmm. and the Gorn comes up and attacks. Again, it was just like, we, I think we were on the AR wall for that day, but... Um, you know, right before he would yell action, and and he was the kind of director who wasn't sitting off where the screens were and watching what was being shot from what they call video village. He was right with the camera and oftentimes oh. lying underneath it or like <laughs> right behind it, and he would yell like space movie, horror movie, action, go! Like <laughs> attention, up. you're scared, you're scared, you're scared, go, go! Like, Ripley, kind of, act like it. <laughs> having that kind of energy in the room, it's like. You don't have to start from cold, you know, your, mm. your motor's already revving. And um, that just makes it so much easier to flow between takes, especially on those really long days. I think Uhura and I, uh, Celia, sorry, mm. Celia and I had a couple of pretty long days at the AR while shooting that, the you know, the Gorn spinning mm. scene and all that. So he kept that energy up and he was just as much into uh the genre and the style as as, uh, as the episode is. I, I really think it translates on that one. I, I thought that mm. was a, a really tricky episode to shoot you know we, you're getting into pathos of someone sacrificing themselves mm. you're watching ethan have to go through this incredible like oh, explosion of rage and and yeah and then there's the 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 touching you know death scene and you know and and 
top top all that with uh, you know I want to call it a tribute, but a uh, uh, parallel to aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I think we picked so you up get, on that. Uh, you get a lot of uh, yeah, you get a lot of packed into that one particular episode, and mm. um, I realize it's not everyone's favorite, but. Um, yeah, it's pretty high on my list of uh, of exciting exciting weeks to shoot. It's one oh, of the beautiful things about Star Trek is that it can swing for different genres. It can just pick a lane, and that week that's what we're going to be. And this week we're going to do horror, but somehow we're gonna we're gonna kill off a character and make it emotional at the end as well. Like it's such a, a yeah. gift of a show to to watch, and what a great playground to be in. And yeah, the consequence is it's not going to be not every single episode is going to be everyone's cup of tea, but it, I think it's wider track such a broad. Such a broad spectrum mm-hmm. of, of people into it. Well, and you get that from, you know, if, if an episode isn't your favorite, it's like, come back next week. Right. You may have your favorite. It's going to be something <laughs> different. You're going to play D&D next week. So, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good segue into what's your background with Star Trek other than now playing the amazing Hammer? How did you find Star Trek? What's your level of nerddom? Oh, uh, I guess on a on a scale of one to ten, uh, I would be about a seven with Star Trek. I I was raised on it. I watched the original series and reruns. Uh, when Next Generation came out, I followed that pretty pretty fiercely. Um, uh, my dad was a high school English teacher and a huge science fiction fanatic. Uh, he actually wrote his master's thesis on teaching science fiction in high school. And there's a lot of references to Roddenberry. And, oh, that's amazing. And that. So yeah, it was really a part of my growing up. Um, and also comic books, like we had Star Trek comic books, and I had a couple of photo novels of some of the some of the original series episodes. I will not forget uh, The Trouble with Tribbles and oh, of my course, City of <laughs> um, which, you know, is just, is just a part of my life. And then of course, uh, being Canadian, it's anything that Shatner had to do with. It's like we all had our Shatner impressions. <laughs> of course. That's uh, true. It's what you do. And um, <laughs> that was inadvertent. I wasn't even trying for Shatner there. I was actually <laughs> oh, I just... thought you were. That was amazing. No, no. no accidental <laughs> Shatner. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Ooh, a total sidebar, but um, mm. one of the last days when we had our, our big media rush and we were doing all of our interviews and things, they had everyone from the cast record the uh the opening model of oh. space final frontier first of all i couldn't get through the first take without crying oh, second man, uh, I time I, I did get through it and i think it, one of the sound engineers said yours was the most shatner <laughs> and i felt like thank you thank, thank you. you that that's a gold star yeah um <laughs> oh, that's yeah amazing. i followed I, I kind of you know i i got into my like mid 20s and early 30s and lost i got you know interested in uh, other things, but I, I lost track of Star Trek. And then I, uh, and I can't remember how many years ago it was now. It was probably about 2015 or so. I was down in the U.S. and um, our Netflix account, suddenly I could watch any Star mm. Trek I wanted. It was unavailable at the time in Canada. And I watched, uh, I just totally binge watched Enterprise. And, oh, amazing. You know, skipping the theme song, I got, yeah, I fair. just, that's okay. It's not for everyone. In, was Star Trek again and you know being a huge fan of Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap I just mm. kind of went right back into it and then after that you know went back and, and binge watched all the other uh, series and then as soon as uh, the pandemic hit and I got found out that I was going to be playing Hammer I I just went through as much of it as possible I mean I, I watched all the movies mm. when they came out on the screen because I'm, I'm a movie guy myself um, but yeah just going back and, and binging all of the series is just like wow that the canon is thick <laughs> right i mean 800 plus episodes and yet it's still doing fresh stuff like that's what's so stunning about strange new worlds it's still managing to find fresh stories with all of that background and with passionate people too like because you're not you know you're not done yet so it's like the people who are involved in this wonderful world it's not like they're like oh you know thank you for playing this character they're like you belong with us let's go play some more mm. and you know just continuing to work together i've i've really enjoyed that part of learning about star trek universe and talking to people like yourself that are involved in the writing or producing mm. and acting it's just been such a fun thing because there's such a passion for the content mm. there really is there really is and and you know on that note um i got to go down to las vegas at the uh, end of august for my very first ever star trek convention 
Oh, and uh, I mean, I was I'm more of a fan than some of the people that were there. But <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, they they have like a triple claw machine. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, uh, and then I got to meet some of the cast members from the other shows and every single one of them, they just said, welcome to the family. Welcome here. And, um, you know, really, uh, uh, just kind of floored me. I got to meet (laughs) such a, such a fan moment, but I got to meet Jonathan Frakes and, uh, not only did he have such wonderful things to say about Hammer and, you know, what I was, what I was, you know, able to do with that character, but he just said, like, this is, he says, you're going to be, this is your life now. You're going to come to these conventions and it's just going to be love. It's going to be love oh. for the rest of your life. And who wouldn't want that? Who exactly. wouldn't want to go there? And it was, that was the beautiful thing about Vegas was, um, it was my first kind of mass, uh, uh, meeting with fans face to face and it was the line of people who were coming up and expressing their condolences like and their love <laughs> hey it's like going to your own funeral yeah it really <laughs> is what, are you what a like perspective to have <laughs> yeah and and, and the, i mean the thing is like i i i mourn the loss of hammer but i'm i'm so glad that other people do too and it's mm. not like oh we're glad you're gone or right or yeah right <laughs> you know i mean the 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 other side of it was that kind of worst nightmare of they write a they write like a you know kind of not not a noble death or a forgettable mm. death and then it just kind of goes off into the ether like somebody injected uh, yeah. a space and no, I meant yeah something. I'm happy yeah I'm happy with that and I like that the writing sort of let the character breathe a bit too you know it's not like Hammer was in every single episode front and center there was not enough, enough. Hammer not was enough. in enough episodes. <laughs> Can we what, just... what else would you like to have seen him do? Everything. Oh my god, anything, everything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just be there, just on on the bridge. Like I wanted to ask the question, why is Hemmer here? He should be in engineering. I wanted to ask that because he should have been everywhere. Like I want like a little like, one-off like Hemmerverse sort of thing, right? Like you know how in Marvel they do the thing where it's like what if and then it's like what if something else had happened? Mm. Like what if Hemmer didn't, you know, have to be that guy that had to have the, the Gorn do the thing? And uh, when he jumped, somehow, you know, mm-hmm. something happened and he survived and was able to Gorn it up and go back. And now he's like in, he's teaching school or something, maybe cooking yeah. classes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. There, Yeah. There's so much. And, and honestly, back, off, I was going to say backstage, that's my theater thing mm. again, but off camera. <laughs> Uh, we would sit around and come up with our own, you know, alternate versions. And I remember just one day the cast all sitting around and saying, we want to do this kind of episode. What about this kind of episode? And, and you know, as soon as the writers walked by, we got louder. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and yeah, Sally and I had a, had a great day of imagining, like, so how does Hammer survive and what happens when he does survive? Mm. And, and what would that, and, and I just, since honestly, since that episode is aired, and, and I, I just love reading the the commentary and the comments that, that fans are writing about how you know, well, we didn't see him land, and, and exactly. this piece is like uh-huh. right, right, like, exactly. Oh, There's still and hope. My, my personal favorite, which I'm pitching now, and I'm hoping it gets to the writers, is Do that uh, yeah, <laughs> they um, all listen to this podcast. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. straight to so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, so he does get infected with Gorn, mm-hmm. and of course. Gorn, ha- because of his special DNA, yeah. some of his DNA gets mixed in with the Gorn that erupts from him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and that okay. Gorn is, goes on to join Starfleet eventually and is half Enar, half Gorn. So it has mm-hmm. a conflict with itself, a oh, pacifism and also that sort of... Uh, and then it will team up with... Um, so Hammer's son, whatever the kid's name is, Hammer or whatever, um, <laughs> grows up and then has to team up with Lon's kid as well. And they, so oh, they go on. that's beautiful. It's a buddy cop or sort mm-hmm. of uh, maybe even a, like a oh, perfect strangers app. yeah mm-hmm. so that's what i'm selling that's, what I'm that's amazing yeah my internal canon is just a shuttle came in beamed him up at the last second and that's and just nice and simple i don't i don't yeah. need them to overcomplicate it i just as long as he's back that's <laughs> and, then, and then for fun. whatever reason he just didn't make contact yeah. with anybody yeah. he just <laughs> went on his he own way he doesn't have to my work here is he's done. very confident he doesn't have to yes you're suggesting that my version is complicated. <laughs> oh, oh, um, bye. It's been lovely talking to you. We'll see you I'll, next uh, time. I'll take over. You know, bad. Amazing. Um, you t- I'm really glad you touched on it really briefly. The the pacifism thing, the the Hemmer put forward so much. That was an absolute joy to see talked about on screen. It is so rarely 
spoken about and i will throw to my lovely co-host aaron ah. who has a special special viewpoint on this not special viewpoint but has I'm a viewpoint a on this as well that's all. I just, yeah yeah like uh, i just know that really spoke to you didn't it no it's nice it's it's nice one of the things i've always loved about star trek is its ability to really dig into ideas and philosophy and think through it in a way that isn't uh, pedantic or preachy, but it really allows you into the conversation. So as somebody who's been uh, a pacifist and has had to answer questions about if somebody was attacking your family, you really wouldn't, you know, be violent mm-hmm. and had to like, you know, think through those things and talk through those things. Um, it was neat to see a character who was also talking through those things mm-hmm. and being those things. And representation takes a lot of different forms. Uh, and certainly the forms it takes with me aren't as important as many other forms. <laughs> Indeed, yes. But it is nice to see a pacifist on the on the screen in that way. So, yeah, that was really cool. So thank you mm-hmm. for doing that. Well, that's all thanks to the right. writers. But, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, I uh, I agree. And, I, and, and, you know, something that really struck me in, in the shooting of it uh, – you know that conversation that he has about pacifism and i mean i i try to be a pacifist in my life i think that you know i still have uh, moments of mm-hmm. of uh, you know upset shall we say um and it's a it's a it's a constant conversation it's a constant dialogue and, then a, and a constant facing of it and i'm so glad that that in his sacrifice there he does face that mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know in himself it's like yeah sure we could we could find some other way through this or what but the but the the sacrifice is the thing that sort of sets him apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also that, that the path is that's, that's the engineer and is the one that's driving the ship. It makes so much you know, sense. With, yeah. Without, without that energetic, without the core, like the, the ship isn't going to move. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's a pacifist kind of who maintains that, I think is, uh, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great Building metaphor. Instead of destroying. Yeah, yeah. It's a great metaphor. Yeah. And the way that he's confident too. Cause sometimes it's, you'll, you'll see characters and we always like, try to see maybe reflections of ourself and characters and that's what we relate to and there's a lot to love about hammer you know aaron's finding the things he enjoys one of the things i've mentioned a couple times is just his confidence like almost an unapologetic confidence like a willingness to talk about it but it's it's almost this sort of approach to this is how it is for me and i hope that you can deal with it yeah. i've been <laughs> around I've been and i really stuff. appreciate that it's personally an, it's an open confidence it's not a closed yeah. confidence mm. and there's a there's a difference between the two and it's another thing i really liked about the characters was an open confidence it's a confidence that says i'm still listening i'm still you know uh engaged in you yeah as a it wasn't defensive right yeah, um, exactly it was just this kind of like this is how it is and i think that's a really refreshing element to a character and i don't know if you had you know, a list of character traits and you're trying to kind of emulate that or where that came from in your performance. But um, I could hear it in how Hammer spoke, even like the first time we see him on screen where we're just trying to figure out like, who is this person, you know? And a lot of people knew about Hammer because they'll see things ahead of time. But like the, the, the first appearance on screen was my first experience with that alien race uh, or any of it. And I, so I was just fascinated for so many reasons. And to be able to give all of that so quickly was a uh, it was a delight because i think that's part of the complexity of the character that we all wanted to continue to dig into and i wish he was <laughs> sorry i'm fine i'm fine everything's fine <laughs> i mean he's he, he slipped into that um uh, mentor role for ahura so easily yeah. like it's, mm. oh, it's fantastic writing and it's just not yeah. what i not what i predicted from from the chief engineer either and it was this this very like Denae said confident exterior but then this nurturing um nurturing mushy center that Ahura got to dig into as well yeah yeah it's it's just such a lovely arc and uh knowing that at the beginning was it just made it uh it made it so much fun to play especially that first scene where we're where Spock and I are sort of hazing her a little mm, bit um the tension in that scene is beautiful yeah it's, it's, <laughs> just kind of fun and a bit of a smile and how you know he's he softens to her over the course of it which mm-hmm. is nice you know he doesn't he doesn't just maintain one kind of steady level or reset back to that mm-hmm. at the beginning of it. so the, got a nice arc he's got a really nice journey yeah absolutely uh, it's so much more fun to play well the the burning 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 question is do you think we will see hammer again but more importantly do you think we will see bruce horrick again somewhere in star trek canon yeah what i can what i can uh, legally say yes <laughs> uh, NDAs aside 
um, or actually NDA uh, in effect, is that uh, the career, the Star Trek career of Bruce Horak is not over. Fantastic. I love it. That's a beautiful answer. That is absolute. That is, that's all I need to know. I can go to sleep happy. I can be beamed into space and, and be very, very happy with that. I'm really excited to, to watch season two, I have to say. Um, oh, yeah. I'm kind of on pins and needles about it, and I, I really—it's like waiting a whatever a year, whenever they're going to oh release it. Oh my goodness, I'm not thinking about it. I would I'm, assume like another like it takes them a year to do it, mm. but um, oh, I can't wait. Like, uh, and I, I, yeah, I think uh, folks are going to be thrilled. Oh, I can't uh-huh. wait. I'm so excited. Like to to see what the show did through pandemic and in its inaugural season and trying to find its groove and how well it pulled that off to to even think about what they can achieve in season two now that they're they're comfortable there's less restrictions it's established i i'm i could not be more excited and i'm, I'm glad that we've had lower decks prodigy and picard to tide us over until our next our next big flagship with strange new worlds it's so great on that note the uh each of the departments on the show uh, made wrap gifts for for within themselves. So, for instance, the prosthetics crew. There was Strange New Worlds T-shirts with prosthetics crew on the T-shirt, which I was fortunate enough to get one of those. Yeah, um, so great. Stunt department made this really great shirt, and it says stunts on the side. And because I got a day, it's been it was cut from the episode, but I actually got a day in rigging where they flew me like three stories into the air and then shot it backwards so you can see Hammer fall out of the ship. But that didn't make it to the. Uh, that's cutting. So I got a stunts t-shirt That's and amazing. Uh, various departments and the wardrobe department who I, I mean, I love the wardrobe department. Oh, that's, the, that's the nice happy place. The character is there. Uh, <laughs> and they, they made uh, water bottles, a Star Trek water. I wish I had it with me, but it, and it's got the little um, uh, Starfleet in, in, insignia on it. And then it says wardrobe. And then around it, it says, look what you did or look what you've gone and done. <laughs> oh, that's and it was amazing. All what we were, what this incredible crew was able to accomplish yeah. under such restrictions, and it's like everything was kind of piled against, and and through the formidable odds, they pulled out. I think uh, one of my favorite first seasons of well, first season of Star Trek ever. I think like, it is the strongest yeah. first season that we've ever seen. I genuinely do. Like Lower Decks was what had it for me, but Strange New Worlds yeah. just like turned up and said, "Yep, we're here now. This is Star Trek. <laughs> Deal with it." Yeah. It's so great. And I love it. I'm not saying this just to be lame. I think it's my favorite I've ever like experienced in TV. And I don't and it reminds me a little bit of when I watched Lord of the Rings, uh, Peter Jackson, and then I watched all of the making of stuff. It's all I wanted to do after I'd watched episodes. Like, how did they do that? Because like all the 3D printed stuff that they did for the wardrobe, especially in the Elysian Kingdom and just the leather pieces and how they hand dyed the different fabrics and just the Amazing. detail, you know, and yeah. that's yeah. what I loved about Lord of the Rings is the detail that they went into to like really honor the material source and because i'm a lord of the rings fan i was nervous to go into that movie because i'm like please don't let this be lame <laughs> don't screw it up please please yeah. <laughs> um and i didn't know what to expect with strange new worlds but i came away going did did we all just see that like did you see the bridge <laughs> yes. the thing was insane like just it was so yeah. pretty to look at and listen to and even just the sounds and all of it that it all worked together so well uh i think you could tell that everybody was having a really really good time and Maybe it's because of the outlet during pandemic, you know, like there's so much seriousness going on and you get to focus on something that you're passionate about and bring something to life. Um, and it was just really, really special. So, mm. yeah. yeah, the wardrobe, though, as soon as you said that, ooh, oh, my goodness, the every wardrobe. week I'm just like, did you see that shirt? I want those shoes. Where did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Where <are> the <laughs> every shoes? <week. laughs> so good it's so good yeah i mean yeah. that that level of difficulty is so high because you are doing you are you're back on the enterprise you're it's another prequel it's redesigning the enterprise in a lot of ways so what a what a bold step to take say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Aside from Star Trek, what in the world does Bruce do? What are you passionate about? Um, yeah, I'd love to hear a bit about what, what you do when you're not managing the engine room of the Enterprise. 
There's nothing other than Star Trek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, me too. That, <laughs> that is I it. eat and breathe deep Star Trek. Yeah. I um no my my uh, background is in is in performing arts, so theater primarily, um, but also as a musician. So I write and compose music and have done a few musicals in my time, uh, singing and dancing. I um, Back in, I guess it was 2011, a friend of mine asked me how I do what I do with such limited eyesight. Mm. I have 9% vision, and uh, so which is it's basically like my right eye is artificial and my left eye is like looking down a straw. Mm. And then through like a murky glass of milk. So <laughs> that's how I have always operated. Wow. And um, a friend of mine saw me on stage had known me for years, but I had no idea how it was that I see because I'd started to use a white cane when I was in my mid thirties. So I decided to try and paint his portrait to show him how I see. Oh, and wow. that has led into this whole other career as a visual artist, as I have been through the portrait series, been trying to capture or approximate or insinuate my way of seeing, but also that has become landscape painting and, and uh, still life paintings and things like that. So my other career, my other, uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, side hustle. Yeah. I have, all I have is, <laughs> yep. I don't have a pencil, it's all side. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's painting, yeah. So I do um, portraits and I started during the pandemic, I started offering them online. Mm. So I, I have a pretty intense practice of doing Zoom portraits. So I sit with people all over the world and we chat. And, That's so cool. And, I create a digital portrait, so that'll be like a time lapse of how the portrait gets done, interspersed with some of the audio from the Zoom oh, interview. Wow! About a three-minute little clip, and then I also from that will paint a uh, acrylic eight by ten canvas, which some of the samples are behind me. I'm working towards a thousand uh, eight by ten canvases, and I think I just painted portrait numbers. 650. My goodness. So getting there. You're, you're the I'm Stephen King of being prolific with paintings at the minute. If you've just started since pandemic, that's impressive. That's, I that's incredible. Just, uh, well, I just started the digital portraits since the pandemic. Mm. I started painting the acrylics uh, back in 2011. Mm. So that was, yeah, it's been a few years now. But um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of erupted into more stage work as well. So I have a one person show where I paint a portrait of the entire audience <laughs> while I tell the story of how I became a visually impaired visual artist. And I solved the mystery of who killed Tom Thompson. And Tom Thompson was a Canadian painter who died mysteriously in 1917. Uh, he paddled off across a, Canadian, uh, across a lake in true Canadian fashion and disappeared. Um, and there's many, many theories about how mm. Thompson met his aunt. But his, his work inspired a lot of Canadian artists that came after him. Uh, so my solo show is I, I Solve the Mystery. Wink, wink. That's amazing. Um, well, I can't multitask and, at all. That is baffling to me. <laughs> it's, it, it's quite a challenge to paint and talk and, uh, and remember where you are in the story at the same time. But uh, yeah, so that show is called Assassinating Thompson. And I, I've been touring it for almost 10 years now. I, uh, I just did a run at the National Arts Centre in Ottawa here in Canada. And I am off to do a one-month tour of the show. And this will be the month of uh, February. And I'm touring through Manitoba. Oh, wow. That's and, amazing. And it's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be cold. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, anything, yeah. anything stateside? Anything nearby or anything around these parts where people can find you? In the U.S., uh, no, not for not for the foreseeable future. I um, I just hired an appearance manager, so someone to mm. who will hopefully negotiate to get me to more conventions. They will not have I to negotiate it. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I I had so much fun in Las Vegas oh, I that uh, I, yeah, it really doesn't take wouldn't take much for me to say yes mm. to doing that. Again. What was your um, What was your favorite fan interaction at um at Vegas? There, oh, I'm not going to remember their names, mm -hmm. but there were two blind engineers who work for Apple, <gasps> I believe, or they develop um a voiceover technology, mm. and they came. They're a couple, and they're blind, and both of them are albino, and they had seeing eye dogs, and they dressed up as engineers and had their photos taken with me. Oh and my they came back goodness. Today. And we chatted, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, us blind engineers have to stick together." And <laughs> wow! That that, uh, that interaction, I will, uh, I will get that. That was really wonderful. No, um, that's heartwarming. Like, what what an inspiration Everybody. to show that you can, I got, you can do it. 
Yeah, I got to, I got to, I think I signed 500 autographs in the two days yeah. and every single interaction was just, yeah, it was just wonderful. There was, there was only one guy who's like, well, I'm glad you're gone, but he was just because <laughs> he wanted to be the different one in the line. Right. Like, everyone else has said they're happy. <laughs> he, he was the other guy that was going to play Hammer potentially and you beat him to it. That's right. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Well, I have I have one extremely important question left, but before that, yes. Danae, Aaron, any 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 burning questions? Anything you want to hmm. uh, clear your hammer voids while we have the opportunity? Size <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> uh, Danae was talking about like behind the scenes stuff, and you mentioned an AR wall earlier. And I'm a tech guy, and I know the like Star Wars has the volume, like where they shoot, you know, Man- the Mandalorian, where it's this idea that you're actually acting in front of a background that is part of the scene is that what you were talking about with an ar wall and and what was that what was that like working with it's like being on the holodeck yeah (laughs) ar for reality so it's floor to ceiling screens the ceiling is all screens and it's just a, a huge room where they have created the the world um you're you kind of stand in front of it and you know for instance um as we're walking across the planet in episode 109, that was all shot on the AR wall. Oh, wow. If you're seeing shit in the distance, we could see that instead of oh, working on Oh, no, you couldn't. That's incredible. We could see everything. And oh. same with engineering. Like the engineering, the, the practical stuff, the, the warp core and, the, and the, the little consoles that we're working on, those were all there. But everything else in engineering, we can see it. The camera can see it. And the beautiful thing about it is that... Um, it casts light correctly, and as the camera moves, the background will move with oh, it to a holiday. Exactly. So you really got the sense of where you were. Um, it was so disorienting when one of the screens would go out because suddenly there'd just be this big green square with a number three on it. Or something. Oh my goodness! Like, oh, right. We're gonna stop because one of the screens is out. You mean they didn't use like the yellow grid pattern when the screen was out? Like, how could you not do that? <laughs> Well, because they need it to be green screeny, oh, and okay. they, they need to be able to replace it. So, um, yeah, and then when when you know you'd be moving through the scene, you know, uh, and the background would be shifting. It could be a little disorienting when they call cut. The camera would move back, and the whole room would kind of spin a little oh, bit to go no. back to the. It was really wild. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, my first day on it, I, I yeah, I was I was having a hard time just kind of readjusting to whenever they would uh, switch the takes. It was, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. That's oh wait, a- I'm not actually on the Enterprise. Hang on a minute. It's so cool. It's <laughs> such it's such a jump, like big leap forward from green screen stuff, where you're like acting with tennis balls and you know those kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, so yeah, I've I've been excited about that. The only other question I had was, it's clear everybody's getting along on that cast, and like some <laughs> of the the greatest shows, uh, you hear the behind the scenes, and they're like, yeah, because we're all buddies, like yeah. we're all having a good time. <laughs> Is that was how was the camaraderie on Strange New Worlds? Because it felt like you guys were just all having a great time. This felt like season seven, not season yeah. one. Yeah, that's right? a good way. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It was from the first moment I, I walked out and met my cohorts. It was incredibly welcoming. It was playful. Um, it was supportive and celebratory. There was I don't know if I'm telling stories out of school here, but <laughs> there was a tradition on that set. And, and I arrived kind of, I mean, they were, I was well into the series but by the time they were well into shooting mm-hmm. by the time I got there. So there was this tradition. I don't know who started it. I don't know where it came from. But every morning there was this medal and it was appreciation medal that would be passed off from whoever got it the day before to someone today. Oh. And they would hand the medal off and say, this is for so-and-so and and this is what they do. And this is why we want to give the appreciation medal. And then there would just be this round of applause <clears throat> they they would either speak or not or whatever. And then anytime that person came into the vicinity, it was just applause. Oh, man, that's amazing. That kind of vibe, uh, I think, just typified um, what it was like to work on that show. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think you're right. It felt like a, it felt like a season seven mm-hmm. more than uh, more than just, hey, we're, we're fresh off on this adventure. Yeah, it was, uh, I tell you that season one rap day was particularly emotional. Mm. No, I, yeah, I bet. Was. Have you, have you like written down, you know, your thoughts and memories? You probably have talked to a lot of different, you know, interview and interview people and, you know, your story and your perspective is out there. Are you kind of keeping it for yourself a little bit too, so that you can remember it? Like I will, I forget things so quickly. I kind of, I'm so in my moment that I'll, I'll have a really great thing happen and I'm like, man, that was amazing. And then maybe I'll remember it later and it'll be great. But I forget to just like stop and write them down. <laughs> so 
So are you, are you someone who journals that stuff or? Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I did the, um, the artist way, which was a creativity practice, but uh, there's a book by Julia Cameron. Um, it's a really, really great uh, 12 week program, which I did about I don't know, 15 years ago. Uh, and one of the practices out of the artist way is what's called morning pages. So first thing in the morning, you just write freehand stream of consciousness for three pages. Uh, and I've been doing that for a long time. So during my <laughs> my Star Trek time, I mean, there's there's a full journal of just every morning writing out, you know, what had happened the day before, what, what I was going into that day. Wow. And I think there was one day where I just wrote out my lines for the day because it was a lot of techno babble. Um, <laughs> what in Star Trek? Get out. There are still yeah, there's still some some things that I I, I hold for myself, mm-hmm. but uh, I also find that. Uh, sharing sharing those memories and sharing the 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 whole experience with people helps me to remember it as well. Mm. Maybe that's just I'm, I'm at that stage in my life where I want to outsource my memory. Yep, that's yep. a great idea. Um, <laughs> share other yep. people's RAM. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. That's, I bought another terabyte in the cloud just for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I think I would just say is probably something just on behalf of the people who listen to the show and just an appreciation for your time. And I think oh. it, it's really, it, it might not seem like a ton, but it is, especially just people who, you know, I love Star Trek so much. They love the the world of it. They love the people. They love um, where it crosses over with our jobs. And um, it's just really always fun to talk to other people who are doing something that's so different. And so to allow us to be curious and ask you questions and spend time with us, I know it's not just us here in the USS Enterprise that appreciate it, but those who are listening onto the podcast, not just when it comes out, but, you know, we have new people that find the show and they'll go back and they'll listen to every episode specifically of Strange New Worlds. And even though the show has released in the past, we'll still get people interacting, you know, in the future, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like the content, just like what you made, exists for such a long time. So it's going to be fun for them to, I think, have another place to connect with what uh, the material that they enjoy and learn more about the passion behind it. So thank you for your time. Mm. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And honestly, since the start, um, you know, I, my friend um, uh, David Benjamin Tomlinson, who's on Discovery, plays Linus. Oh, Linus um, is an absolute dream. What a what an absolute yeah. star. <laughs> so when I when I sort of went down into the, the world of uh you know what you know what comes next, mm. the, the show's coming, what kind of advice do you have? David had just done his first convention in Vegas as well, and comes from a theater background, like he and I have done some some stage work together before. And he was a, he was just such a great mentor in that regard and said, Listen, people, like the fans are going to absolutely pour the love out mm. and he says and for the most part and we spoke together as fans ourselves said so like we just we just want to connect and we just want to be seen and we want to we want to have that connection around such a great franchise and such an optimistic franchise which i think is so needed in these days i mean mm. a little it's it's like uh it's an uh eyedropper of hope in an ink stained world <laughs> and we need more of it mm. and for me, the connection with the fans since since the announcement, I mean, Star Trek Day, when they announced my name, I'm, I'm not kidding, it was 15 seconds later that my phone started going off with close friends who saw the announcement. Oh, wow. like, oh my God, Star Trek, I had no idea. It's like, that's what you've been doing for the last eight months. <laughs> um, Suddenly the years and, make sense. And it's like the genie is out of the bottle, mm. and, and I, uh, I just adore it. And... Um, you know, again, speaking as a fan myself, it's it's such a wonderfully rich, um, rewarding world, and I'm I'm so happy just to be able to connect with folks about it. And uh, the more, the merrier. Mm. I mean, every single portrait I've done since Star Trek Day has been someone who's found me through my website because of Star Trek. Yeah. And you know, I was an artist that was I had a Patreon account that I think were three people, one of which was my mother, and that was. <laughs> six seven years that i had a patreon account um getting you know and and feeling like i'm i'm writing into the void mm. or i'm writing to just just mom so that she knows i'm i'm you know i'm getting out of bed in the morning yeah. uh but now there's this there's this buoyancy of fandom and connection that uh yeah I'm, i will be forever grateful for that so oh, thank that's you incredible that's absolutely, absolutely incredible. I have a far more important, far more sincere question to ask, and that is, is Anson Mount and Captain Pike's hair really that incredible? Is it in person? Is it, is it that amazing? 
it, we just it, went from this, the depths of sincerity. Oh, that's good interviewing. And 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 then you jettisoned out into hair. Yeah, it's the hair. We got to talk about the hair. Oh, the you Pikes know, Peak. Okay, it's, it's your shit, buddy. Yeah, I wanted to go with Pike's hair for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just what a what a quaff, eh? Right, mm-hmm. it's Beautiful. it's a character yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Like, like you need to know the product that the department used to to do it. You know. Oh, that's. Oh, I think that's a trait. Yeah, that would be good, obviously. Everybody would be, then everybody would have it, and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be unique. Watch it be the same as the Gorn Goo, you know? Like, oh, goodness, yeah. It's the we, same product. Oh, the Gorn Goo. Don't even get me started. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the Gorn Goo. Memories forever. Is it still in, like, got through the prosthetics? Picking it's just it out of in pools every ear. now and again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is just what happens when you work in Gornography. This is oh, just, my you know, goodness. Like, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Gorn, but not forgotten. That's um, right. Wow! Thank you wow. so so much for joining us. Um, sincerely, that was that was a lot a lot of fun, fun a lot a lot of fun. Thank you so much, and we look forward Thank to you. seeing you in a Star Trek thing. <laughs> Somehow. At some point. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. But you know, until maybe. then, how can fans find you? I mean, yes. obviously, they could just search your name and find you on uh, all active social media. You mentioned a Patreon as well. Like, what would you like to tell people about? Well, I guess BruceHorak.com, first of all, that's my website. And then from there, it's got links to everything that I'm doing. So I've got current events on there. You can book a portrait sitting through there. Um, you can join up on Patreon through BruceHorak.com. And yeah, other than that, I'm I'm active on Instagram. I'm not so active on Twitter. I do read a lot on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I don't uh, mm-hmm. tweet so much. Is that, I don't I don't know if that's politically correct to talk about right now. But uh, <laughs> what? There's stuff going on on Twitter what? right now. Yes. What? No, not at all. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is your website where people need to go to sign the petition? Bring back Hammer. <laughs> is that that's everywhere? Thing? Every website has that built in. Can we? Can we actually talk about? Could, could we make a movement to get Hammer back? I mean, so much of <laughs> yeah, so much of Star Trek history has been. Like fans, right? I mean, they they wrote in during the original series. Of course, going to be canceled. Right. The fan campaign that got them back. That's so, right. could I? I mean, I, if if it comes from me, it seems more of like. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to pay my mortgage or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's much better if we pay your mortgage. That's right. cool. So I think we'll do it. We'll that's do it. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then it all accumulates into like the next Star Trek convention where we have the Hammer mm-hmm. Stampede, the Hammerpede, or whatever. No, that's too much. <laughs> no, like no, Hammerpede is gotta, something else. That's, nope. No, yeah, Hammerpede, no. they're all connected. It's Let's, a working nope, title. Nope. That's a little nope. asterisk there. That's yeah. a working title. H- human anyway, Hammerpede. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, we gotta work on that. That is so, homework for us. Okay. As okay. as this episode comes out, we will attach a petition to it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, bring back Emma. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, and hopefully, we'll see you Thank very you soon. Bruce. Thank you. All the best, to y'all. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through Captain's Pod at CinemaSins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. What planet did Hammer die on? None. Hammer will always live in our hearts. Exactly. Valio Beta 5. That is the name of the the planet, and it was on the USS Peregrine. Are we going to just, I mean... This this poor man. Are we going to ask him about that right away? No, that's my intro. <sighs> I'm going to say, hey, where did you die? No, I'm just saying, like, do you think he wants to relive that over and over again? Come on. Uh, relive a death? That's He's not Doctor Who. Sorry, I rearranged to put you two on top. If you would rather be bottom, Ian, that's fine. I don't. I didn't know. No. Are you generally a top Out or a context, bottom? Out of context, that's a really... Aaron, that's a personal question. I want you to see the counsellor. Or some sensitivity training. Uh, that sounds amazing. Really? You think you need to be more sensitive? What? Wait, what kind of sensitivity training are we talking about? As in, I may be confused. Not asking, oh, oh. <laughs> no hammer end is a no. good end. No hammer end is a good end. No, we need to fill those hammer voids. It's so true. We need some sort of salve. <laughs> yes. Or one of those creams that... Has the long insertion tube with oh, the holes on the side, oh, you know, yeah. so something like that. And just Little really just... penetrates and yeah. also spreads Did very well. Bring their donut pillow. Wait, what? 
for your hemorrhoids. You can tell the person in the room who hasn't had hemorrhoids <laughs> what they say. Well, I don't know how detailed you want to get, but uh, I can create rather large bowel movements. Oh, And man. so, yeah, those can... Those... <laughs> you said that like it was your superpower? <laughs> it is. It kind of is. It is. I literally have to so... travel with a plunger. Like, it's... it's oh. I'm a giant man. Are uh, we... Mm. <laughs> this is when this is when Bruce drops in on the background, by the way. And I'm not logged into the back end stream yard. So I, oh, I don't that's for know. Sure. I don't know when he's gonna pop in here, but it's gonna Do not miss having you on the show at all. <laughs> not at all. Not, at, not all. at all. I just feel like you are watching, right, for him to just appear he's and been then here. He's he been left. Here for ten minutes he's gone. Poor he's guy. Left. Bruce is like, wait a minute. Nope. <laughs> You know how like a like a, a balloon sometimes has a little weak spot? Yeah. And the yeah, air yeah, just exactly. goes mm-hmm. out of the extra weak spot and it has like a little dangle. Can we it's stop? like that but for your stop? intestines. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in I'm gonna bring in Bruce. Hello. Hello. You joined us at a crucial, crucial conversation, which you're partly to blame for. Um, oh good. We were we were talking about the how hemorrhoids work mm-hmm. yes and yes. aaron is to blame for why that is linked to you specifically i just i said on the show when you left that there was a hemorrhoid and that we were suffering <laughs> yeah. from a case of the hemorrhoids and yes. uh yeah so there mm-hmm. you go mm-hmm. that's all that, that is yeah, yeah. yeah. naturally what that a, led to that of course that's when you come in and to the interview is uh-huh. just as we're yep. discussing what they timing. are how you get yeah. them and mm-hmm. how you cure yeah. them mm. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious about all of those things, really. <laughs> Are we recording for posterity here? It will not be live, but am I hitting the record button so that oh, we have yeah, backup? As a backup? Yes. yes okay, just please, making yeah. sure everybody knew that before I. I thought you were already recording, so that's no. weird. I'm well, we so have glad. audio. We, okay. we definitely have all this audio. Good. Oh, good. That's the best, isn't it? When we, yeah. we end up not recording audio. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. If you could just, just remember send... word for word everything that you said and then repeat <laughs> it for us, that would be that would be really helpful. Yeah, but you get an email in a couple of days. Hey, we're going to need you to come back. Here's your the, st- we're going to start with the hemorrhoid conversation straight off the top. Right. <laughs> At the end of our lunch break, you know, we'd all go off to our... We couldn't eat together either. I mean, that was kind of the drag. Oh. Yeah, I bet. But the COVID stuff was that in terms of the camaraderie. We couldn't really hang out much between takes. So we'd all go back to our trailers for lunch, and then we'd come back after lunch. And there's uh, usually people were kind of, you know, slogging a little bit to get back into costume and get into the next take but you could tell when Anson was showing up because you hear this like van halen from off in the distance just like rocking <laughs> he was show we walk into the green room where we're all getting ready and get fucking bluetooth speaker over his shoulder blaring like heavy metal <laughs> we'd all just start rocking dancing it's like That's energy amazing. like let's go in yeah. i'm trying to think also just immediately of how i can use the idea of the appreciation metal thing it's like such a good idea for team yeah, building to idea. kind of. Oh, it's awesome! It's great, it's great. Yeah. It's really smart. Yeah. It's it's such yeah. an important thing. It seems it seems at the moment like oh this is silly we don't need it, but it, it feels so good when people just like recognize you even if you yeah. know it's a forced situation. <laughs> you should do it in in like your oh. house. Just just in the house. Just do it backwards and forwards. Yeah. <laughs> it was, honestly, it was the it was the rounds of applause, and you could tell where the person was because there would be applause at like the other end of the studio. It's like oh that's where that's where Marjorie uh, is. That's where her is right now. <laughs> Like a bell on a cat. Knowing that he knew going in that he was going, the character was going to die. I bet we rewatched that performance and it makes so much more sense. Like, and it made sense anyway, but the confidence he had that I am this character, I am a complete arc, I'm a complete person. Like, he knew from day one that Hemmer wasn't going to survive the season. So, it just, his performance makes so much sense. It's beautiful. Well, and it also kind of was built into his character a bit because his character even had that saying. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it was essentially like, you know, we, I have a feeling to know when my time has come, like when I have fulfilled it. And so, That was kind of built into his character too, oh. so he had that character confidence and the actor confidence behind it. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed reliving that character. I mean, I could talk to any of the people who acted just for and hours. Just I could have kept him for another hour chatting about it. Um, but Hammer was really special. <laughs> oh, could you pass me my water? <sighs> Across, you are everything. killing me here. Everything. We do not uh-huh. bring open containers into a studio. Stop. <laughs> You're about to see actual angry air. Oh, no. Right. I am ready, my people. Are you guys ready? Ready. Beautiful.
Captain's, Captain's pod. pod. Yeah, gosh, dang it. Captain's Pod. Somebody beam them into space now. Captain's Pod, start date 51, 10, 12, 12. I've put in too many numbers into my log. Oh, no. Oh, no. Listen, listen. Clearly, you didn't need us to fuck this up for you. You I can do it yourself. The thing is, hand. if the log gets too big, sometimes you can get hemorrhoids. That's oh, the problem. Oh, my goodness. Some, stuff the log too large. There's some subspace tearing that goes on. Captain's Pod, Stardate 510122.4. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she violates the Prime Directive simply by existing. It's Ambassador Danae Hughes. That's me. I'm a violator. Yeah, no. Yep, okay. And That's what you said. You said I violate the Prime Directive. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that makes you a violator. No, I guess it does. Yeah. Anyway, he's you returned. gave me the title. No, Listen. you gave you the title. Okay. That is all you. Somebody really important is going to be listening to this episode, and that's the title that you're giving me. Like, oh. couldn't we go with something like, you know, like, like what? Do you want to do another take? Um, what do you yeah, want? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. pick. Okay, like something with like really cool clothing and just a great story arc. Uh, antenna preferred. Okay. This is Eric. So this, I, yeah, that's a great whenever. question. Um, this, Never. This was just for us, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we don't oh, ever oh, plan yeah. on airing it. No, that recording. <laughs> we probably should have told you that, but uh... Uh, it will air when Hemmer returns. Actually, we're <laughs> oh, going to hold no. on to it. And, oh, and then, no. yep. that's awful. 